Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is January 12th, 2021. Welcome to show number 100.0 of Canadian Common Sense. We've crossed the milestone of our 100th full episode. And it's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How are you doing? I am vibrating. I am so ticked off at events going on right now. So I'm so glad to hear your voice because we almost didn't get to do a show today. So I am thrilled we get to be on the air. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty angry myself, but uh, I think I think what how I would describe the way I'm feeling right now is um, scared. Well, I like you when you're angry because uh, you always tend to be a little a little more on fire when you're angry. So that part's good. Now, I want to start the show off today, before I get into our theme, because I usually will introduce a few themes, but I want to start off by by saying that I want to thank all Canadian Common Sense listeners for tuning into our show, because we will always bring you Canadian issues, and that is why our show is called Canadian Common Sense, and I know that's why you tune in Canada, so you can hear us talk about Canada's issues because all I've heard about on Canadian mainstream media for the last week is all about the clown show going on in the United States. And frankly, it's making me wonder what country I live in because I actually want to hear, hear about and read about Canadian news. And I'm only finding that in the alternative media sources, such as shows like ours, for example. Yeah, um, I mean, it's totally understandable considering what the unprecedented events uh, from the past week in the U.S. Um, but we can't forget that we have we have our own government here that has many of its own issues that need to be covered and, and uh, dare I say, exploited. Absolutely. So this will be the point in the show where I would say, on the show tonight... And on the show tonight, we're only discussing one topic. Canada has gone insane. Well, good night, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're not wrong. Um, we've got, I mean, Canada, well, okay, I want to be clear. What is happening and I'm sorry after that intro that I have to bring this up, but what is happening in the U.S. right now uh, is going to spill over into Canada. And what we've been seeing in the last several years is that when when things uh, go a little nuts in the U.S., it doesn't take very long at all before they start spilling over into Canada and the same kind of the same kind of rhetoric and the same kind of things are happening here that are happening there. And so I'm very, very, very concerned 
about what's happening in the U.S. Because if that starts happening here, which it already has, really, just not to the extreme levels that it's happening in the U.S. But conservatives are under attack right now. And it's only going to get worse. And it's only... Uh, and in Canada, it's 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 going to get exponentially worse very quickly. True. I mean, for the social media front, and I don't know how many people in Canada uh, are on Parlay, which uh, the Americans call Parler, the which is kind of an alternative to Twitter. Now that had been deplatformed by Amazon Web Services, but the the Parlay feed in Canada was actually still working. Until today, I noticed that I could not get into my Parlay account today. So it begins already. Yeah, Amazon actually shut down the uh, their cloud servers that were that were serving Parlay um, or Parler, and uh, like they gave them twenty four hours to find new servers because they were going to be shutting shutting the Amazon service off entirely. And that's what happened uh, today. So it's, and it's really quite scary because Parler or Parlay had really no part in any kind of organizational uh, role in what happened at on the Capitol, uh, on the, at the Capitol buildings in Washington, DC this week. Um, but the big tech giants decided to blame it on them. And I think conveniently because it, it gave them a reason to shut them down and they, cause they don't like free speech. They really don't. And I mean, if you look at, if you look at the way that they moderate their their platforms, Twitter and Facebook, uh, they really don't like free speech at all, uh, unless it's coming from the left. And Twitter goes on and on about how they how they will how they they want to ban anybody that promotes violence, but yet people that threaten violence against uh, Jews don't get banned. Um, Louis Farrakhan is still on there. Um, there's many, many examples of the left promoting violence and hate and nothing happens to them. But conservatives, I mean, frankly, I mean, I know that you like Trump. I am not a fan of Trump. Uh, I, I am a fan of his foreign policy but i'm not a fan of his and but even angela merkel is saying that what twitter did and what facebook did was a grave grave mistake and i even in my last rant i said uh that this is a big problem and the reason it's a big problem is because you're setting a precedent you are curbing free speech from one side of the political spectrum, and you have now set a precedent so that when 
you do when you get a, a government from the other side of the aisle again, well, you can't really say crap about them doing the same thing back to you. So this this just creates a, a back and forth and where it, it only gets worse every time it happens. It's going to get worse. And this is how things lead to uh, to bigger and worse problems that we really don't want to see. But it's going to happen. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I guess in that way, it's a good thing that Mr. Trudeau extended the the border closure between Canada and the U.S. for another month announced today that will be closed until February 21st now. So it will be reevaluated in another month. And I guess I should say closed unless you are a traveling politician or chief of staff, of course. Um, As it turns out, Nahid Nemshi, mayor of Calgary, was fairly quiet on the whole idea of traveling politicians, didn't really chime in his opinion very much and then we found out his chief of staff took a vacation to points abroad over the christmas break how about that wow and another example and more examples of traveling politicians uh there were four i believe senators canadian senators that traveled abroad at Christmas, including, um, oh, geez, his name, I was just about to say it. I had it on my tongue, and now I forgot it. But including the senator that actually came up with the policy that senators will not, should not, and cannot travel during COVID. Conservative Senator Plett. That's it. Don Plett. Don Plett. That's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the conservatives yeah. rail against it, but yet it's and it's a lot of conservatives provincially and federally that are violating these rules. And it's uh, yeah. I actually have to give liberals a little bit of credit, at least the federal liberals, in that the the offending travelers and they have them, they have them, but at least their offending travelers are coming clean on their own. And then probably probably being told to resign their, their posts, but at least they're coming clean on their own and then resigning their cabinet roles or credit or you know uh, committee roles or whatnot. But yeah. this is absolutely and out of control. And it's very scary at how at what lengths these conservative, and I'm gonna say it, these conservative politicians are going to to cover their tracks. Oh yeah. Like, um, for example, Tracy Allard in Alberta, the uh, cabinet minister from Grand Prairie, had actually asked Jason Kenney for three weeks off for, I want to say she said it was for personal business or something. And then, of course, her excuse was, oh, it's a family tradition for 17 years. Screw you, Miss Allard. How many people had to give up their family traditions for 40 years of getting together with their family? Like, it's the entitlement that absolutely killed me. And you had said this before. I don't care if it's conservative, liberal, NDP, People's Party, whoever. I mean, you guys are setting the rules on us. You guys, as in you politicians, you damn well set an example and follow your own rules. Yeah, and I think every single one of these politicians should lose their job. Yes. 
and especially Don Platt, Senator Don Platt, especially him, because he's the one who, who, who wrote the policy that the Senate passed that senators wouldn't travel right. during COVID. So, yeah, I think he should lose his job. I think he should be booted from the Senate. I don't think he should just be kicked out of the conservative caucus. He needs to be kicked out of the Senate. And every single one of these conservative, well, okay, every single one of these politicians should be booted out. They're the ones who have been telling us we can't travel. They're the ones who are telling Ontario and Quebec that they're not allowed to leave their homes. They're not, they're the ones telling Quebecers that they can't be outside after 8 p.m. They're the ones telling everybody in Canada to do as I say, but not as I do. And that pisses me off. I'm sick and tired of politicians and their, their, their BS hypocritical behaviors. Enough, enough already. I'm so tired of it. it. And it's just getting worse. It just seems to be getting worse all the time. And it just makes you realize that these morons that we elect really do think extremely highly of themselves to think that they don't have to follow their own goddamn rules. Yep, that's right. And think about how little they think of of us peasants and i used that word in my rant the other day peasants but that's that is obviously how they look at us it's like nope you do what i say peasant and i will just do what i want and that has to stop it does have to stop because what this is showing us these behaviors and this these this these hypocritical acts what this is telling canadians And what this is showing Canadians is that they aren't there to represent us in Ottawa. They're not there to represent the citizens' interests in Ottawa. They are there to tell the citizens what Ottawa wants, not the other way around, which is the way it's supposed to be. They're there to represent the government to Canadians, not represent Canadians to the government. Yeah, no, that that's well said, and I, I really feel like I wish. Actually, I shouldn't say I feel like this is happening. I know that I'm thinking this, and I know there are some people thinking this, but Canadians really have to develop a mindset that when the next election comes around, and I don't care if it's the election for dog catcher in in small town wherever, is it's time to throw the bums out. It is time just to clean house. And you had said this before, that it's time to start getting some regular people into, into politics and just people that actually have some integrity and people that actually genuinely care, not just people who care about themselves and need to return favors to people that have helped them rise to the top. Like we've, we've got a clean house. We've got to just get, throw the bums out, period. Throw everybody out. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I said, I believe it was in our last episode, It's t- or in one of my rants, or in, my, in the last episode, I can't remember, that it's time for a political revolution in this country. It's time to get rid of these, these career politicians, these people who've been there for six, seven, eight elections. Like, they've lost touch. 
there, there's a handful that are pretty good, like Pierre Poiliev. But there are more. For every Pierre Poiliev, there's 20 or 30 that need to go. And it doesn't matter what party they belong to. They, there's definitely conservatives that have to go. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing these people have absolutely no sense of reality when it comes to the way that they act, the way that they vote. Uh, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. We need people in there who are not lawyers. I'm tired of all the friggin' lawyers in politics. Yep. Oh, I hear you. And, uh, Speaking of people who are out of touch, people who feel like they belong in government, I'm just going to go through a couple of things here that uh, has made this country, or at least made me think this country has gone insane. Let's start on our nation's capital, Lewis. The city of Ottawa, this was last week, decided to ban hockey sticks, pucks, or sporting equipment on public ice rinks. So my next thought is... Okay, so the fun police have showed up. Are you going to ban chairs so we can't teach our kids how to skate too? Or um, how much more fun are you going to take away from Canadians? Uh, Ottawa. And in Calgary, it, of course, you can get arrested for skating on a public rink if there's too many of you, as we saw in that video now called the Calgary yeah. incident. Yeah, I mean, Ottawa is also the same city that banned street hockey. I didn't hear that. If you remember that. Oh, no, that was like a decade or so ago. Oh. Um, where the city of Ottawa banned street hockey and the cops were actually kicking kids off the road with like even in cul-de-sacs. They oh, were kicking gosh. kids off the street playing street hockey. Like that's the city of Ottawa, our nation's capital. Wow. And in Toronto, the police are patrolling, of all things, Toboggan Hills. Because you know tobogganing is a super spreader event. If ever there was a super spreader event, that ultimate Canadian pastime of tobogganing, now that is going to kill people. Yeah. And if you thought that it was insane that police in Vancouver were stopping cars and checking IDs of everyone in the vehicle, then you're going to love this. Uh -oh. Montreal cops will stop you just for driving after 8 p.m. and issue you a $1,300 ticket or a $1,500 ticket. Wow. I had heard that because they said that there was a, that Quebec's new curfew that you only can leave your house if you have a good reason. Now, you, Lewis, are in luck because you are a dog owner. And if you want to walk your dog after 8 p.m. in Quebec, as long as you're less than one kilometer from home, you can walk your dog. And the government is so accommodating in Quebec, you could even smoke a cigarette while you walk your dog for that less than one kilometer from your home. But if you don't have a dog oh, and you don't smoke, you stay in your goddamn house. Yeah, that's... Um... That's an interesting one because you're allowed to walk your dog, but you're not allowed to walk with your kid or w just go for a walk and get some fresh air. Nope, God forbid. Get some exercise. I mean, if you, because this actually happened to a family who were driving home uh, 
from, I believe it was New Brunswick in, uh, down to Montreal. They were there uh, looking after the, 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 the wife's uh, ailing father who lived alone and had no, no one to look after him. And uh, so they were in New Brunswick with permission from the New Brunswick government. Uh, so they went through all the proper channels and they did it right. On their way home, they had two little kids and, you know, the kids are hungry or they got to go to the bathroom. And so they were late getting home. They were after 8 p.m. The cops stopped them and issued both adults $1,550 tickets. So $3,100 in fines for the two adults in the car. And that's the minimum. Um, the minimum fine is $1,000 plus a $500 administration fee, whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Maximum fine yeah. up to $6,000. So I'm sure the cops said, oh, we're doing you guys a favor by only fining you $1,000. Canada, you're mm-hmm. turning into a police state. Hello. Yeah, because guess what? They're going to look at the crime rate during this during this curfew and they're going to go oh oh our crime dropped down to almost nothing during those during that month we should just continue it don't give them any ideas lewis because that i mean someone's going to tune in you know justin trudeau listens to this show he's probably going to think wait a minute that guy's on to something well, I, I am saying that in jest, but the the fact is is that they're going to extend that lockdown. They are going to. Oh, of course they. Um, they're going to extend the curfew. They're going to keep it going, and the uh, and Ontario is even uh, considering it, adopting the curfew as well. They've joined in today. Did they did they bring in a curfew or just uh, they ordered, had a, a stay at home order? Yeah, they're not calling it a curfew, but it's essentially a curfew. I mean, it's uh, I'm not saying it's a curfew, but you need to stay at home unless you have any reason to go out. And if you are in a non-essential position, we encourage you to work from home. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a curfew remember. by another name. Yeah, it's like every it has all the all the hallmarks of a curfew without using the dreaded c word. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I mean, we're gonna find that the curfew doesn't make a difference, and uh, I mean, all you're doing is damaging people's mental health. You're damaging their physical health. You're damaging. You're 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 damaging businesses. You're damaging so much and there's a new report out saying that the lockdowns are causing 10 times the damage that uh that covid is causing wait you want to say that again the lockdowns are causing 10 times the damage that covid is causing itself and that is a new study that's out um I'm trying to remember uh, it was this isn't some crackpot study either. It's it was uh, uh, it, on the in the National Post. I read it, um, but I can't remember exactly um, 
what the who who performed it and what the details are but but uh but yeah it was because i just remembered that i read this the other day yeah 10 times 10 times now canada those of you who are listening to the show regularly and we have a very solid core of listeners and god bless you all you heard lewis and i talking about this exact thing happening and we started talking about that i at the very latest in late March of last year, that this was going to happen. And finally, what is it, was December, November maybe, the mainstream media finally decided they would re- start reporting that, oh, yeah, this is happening. Lockdown? Yeah, I, was in, I, believe, I, believe it was, I believe it was in October when the mainstream media started paying attention October, to okay. it. But it was brief. But it was only, and it was brief. It, it didn't even la- uh, last that long. Because as soon as the COVID numbers started climbing again, they uh, they dropped that that uh, the the stories of how bad it's getting for people. Um, the the thing is, is that I mean, this is I was listening to an interview uh, with Roy Green on the weekend, and it was uh, a a uh, a professor from I believe Ryerson University and he was talking about the damage that the lockdowns are causing and one of the things that he said was wealth is health and he he made a very good point like if 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 we're going to if we think we're saving lives by locking down and closing businesses and causing people to go bankrupt and destroying people's mental health and their uh, financial situations and um, keeping people from interacting with their friends and their family, then you got another thing coming. And this professor was talking about how, you know, if people are going bankrupt, they're not going to be healthy. Uh, if people are uh, getting depressed, they're not going to be healthy. And if you, if people are, uh, you know, physically, you know, like they're they're gaining weight, they're, you know, all of this because they're locked up in their houses. Well, they're not going to be healthy. And all of these things are going to lead to other health problems. And the wealth is health uh, comment that he made is, is that if people are broke, if people are going bankrupt, how, how, how long do you think it is before, before things really start going bad for them when it comes to their health and to, uh, you know, drug addiction or alcohol uh, addiction or suicide or any of that? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's funny when you had said that, that actually reminded me of something that my father had said to me years back. And you know, two shows in a row, I refer to my dad, but he had made the a kind of the point as well. He said that really you need to be financially comfortable in order to be physically comfortable. And that that's true because if you can't afford the basics of life, for example, that stresses the living hell out of people. And we all know stress isn't good for a body. And 
if you're locked in your house, you're right. You can't get out and exercise. You, at least not properly. I mean, of course, some people have a treadmill at home, et cetera. But we all know just anecdotally that most of us have put weight on through the pandemic, not taking it off. So you can add poverty into that mix. And yeah, we're going nowhere but south. Yeah, I mean, if you can't afford healthy foods, because let's be uh, let's be honest, the healthy foods are are expensive. Chips and pop are cheap, right? Um, macaroni and cheese is cheap, but you know, go to the vegetable section and 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 see how much you get for ten bucks. It's not a whole lot, right? So if people don't have any money, they can't even eat healthy. Yeah, it's real shame that. Uh that it's that way. Like, yeah, your, your junk food is cheap, but yet the the stuff that's best for you costs a fortune. I've never understood that. And it's just, uh, it's a real shame. I've never understood it because there's a, there's a lot more work involved in making those processed foods when with vegetables and fruits, they pick them and put them on the shelf. (laughs) And like, I've never understood that. I've never understood why it costs so much for for fresh food but it it's like anything processed that requires you know factories and stuff uh is so cheap i i just don't get it yeah no it really doesn't make any sense at all and i want us just go back to quebec for a minute because their this whole curfew idea is well it's driving me be crazy on all kinds of levels but so from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. there's a curfew. There's a few exceptions, of course. And one, you're going to love this, Lewis. One exception is if you're going to travel and you're on your way to the train station or the airport, or for example, then it's okay to be outside of the curfew hours as well, of course, even though you're not supposed to be traveling or leaving your home. So I I find that to be a very odd exception. So I'm guessing that's just for, for Quebec politicians. That is very odd (laughs) because travel is something we're not supposed to be doing. So, yeah. So why is there an exemption for people who want to travel? (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, and I I just don't understand why. Well, I mean, I don't understand the idea of a curfew in the first place, but I just find it odd that they've 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 picked and chosen you know reasons that you can or cannot be outside and what really bugs me and um, there's a video circulating on youtube from uh, that arrest in gatineau where they a neighbor ratted out this family that had six people in the house instead of five when the cops went in and physically removed the person i don't know if you've seen the video i've I've heard it i haven't actually seen it but i did hear it being played and it's insane i mean you talk about the police state when you hear the police in there and the mayhem going on because this guy's resisting being drug out but they're physically you know dragging this guy out of the house because god forbid you be number six and that's not my canada i think that's what's pissing me off the most is this is not my canada and i've been in this country for damn near half a century and this is not what i grew up with and this is not what i want my kids to grow up with that's really scary i didn't even hear about that never mind see the video so that's that is scary stuff i mean this is this is what 
this is what we talked about actually back uh, a while back when when uh, when they first brought in that uh, restriction in Quebec and they and they gave the police the powers to enter your home without a warrant uh, and and check for people that that don't live there and uh, and I was told that I was paranoid and that I was I was I was being uh, hyperbolic. Well, guess what? <laughs> it happened. It happened. And now we'll move one province west to Ontario, where they've got their stay-at-home order. And should Ontario residents be uh, found in violation of the stay-at-home orders, they can face up to one year in jail for the simple crime of, oops, I had to go get some milk. We're taking this stuff more seriously than they take actual crimes. Good point. Like you're get you can be you can face a bigger fine than drunk driving. You can face a stiffer penalty than for a B and E. Or hell, I know someone who got six months of weekends for having sex with a minor. Ew. And they're talking, you're going to get a year in prison for violating your stay-at-home orders because of a disease? Are you effing kidding me? I wish I was kidding you. And this, this is why I say the theme today is Canada has gone insane. And I'm going to tie this into the Ontario example right away here. Because most of our country right now is in lockdown. All of our provinces are, are in a continual state of emergency. And we've got two-thirds of our population that's currently under house arrest, effectively, because they are, have stay-at-home orders and curfews. We've just mentioned that people in Ontario could face a year, up to a year in jail for violating the uh, stay-at-home orders. And speaking of inmates running the asylum, federal inmates are now on the front of the line on priority list for COVID vaccines. And not just that, there's more. Not only are inmates priority for COVID vaccines, the corrections workers who guard and house the inmates are not on that priority list for COVID vaccines. Yeah, this is insane. I mean, this... this... <laughs> That, that one just leaves me speechless. <laughs> just, oh, this makes me so mad. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, when I heard that, I just shook my head and thought, so should we take our seniors from our long-term care homes and get them to go steal chocolate bars at the local convenience store so they can get at the front of the line? Like, I, I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing. Is- this is crazy. Well, and, I, and they said that, well, you know, when the, uh, the, the second phase for vaccinations come out, then we can put corrections workers at the front of that line. It's like, am I missing something here? Like, well, you are. And it's the liberal perspective. You don't have it. That's true. And I'm glad you mentioned liberal because liberal leader, Prime Minister, man that we love, Justin Trudeau, 
suggested last week that those who are found violating the COVID restriction rules should face jail time so that we could get to the front of the line for vaccinations, I'm guessing. Oh, you know, it's, this just blows my mind. Like, like I said, like two minutes ago, there's real crimes get less punishment than violating COVID uh, rules. I mean, this is, uh, how stupid is this? How crazy is this that you can commit actual crimes, like real crimes where there's victims and not get, and not get the punishment that you get for violating a COVID curfew? Well, and, and think of this. Consider this, Canada, that if you're in Quebec at 8, 8 p.m. when uh, you need to be at home, the Quebec government has actually ordered the Gestapo, uh, I'm sorry, the police, to patrol the streets looking for people who might just be outside of their home after 8. And I actually did yes. see a video about uh, on that. There was someone in their house, thankfully, videoing police cars driving down residential streets, lights on and searchlights on. And I thought, you don't spend that much effort looking for real criminals. What the hell's going on? So I got a question. What if I forgot my phone out in the car and in the car is parked in my driveway and I go out of my home to the car to get my phone and a cop is driving by and sees me with his searchlight. Do I get a fine? I think you do. I guess but I guess by the letter of the law you do. Because you're outside of your home. Yep, and I think that you can stand on your porch to have a cigarette, but yeah, if you step into the driveway, you're outside, buddy. I I think you're in trouble. Like I don't understand this because if you want to follow the science, which is what uh Premier Legault said he's doing, then that's not how this is spread. Like, it's not airborne. It's not like if you're outside, you're going to catch it. Or if you're outside, you're going to spread it. No, that's not how this works. No. And, and so this follow the science BS is exactly that. It's BS because that's not science. It's not the science behind this this virus. That's not how it works. Well, and, and ask your, yourself, um, follow the science. So is COVID more dangerous after dark? Is it, is COVID? Well, we do, we do know that it is. Um, but, but if you're, it, it doesn't be, because it's, because daylight actually, like UV, UV light actually kills the virus almost instantly. Okay, that's a good point. So, so we, so it, it is more contagious after dark, but, but it's, but if you're just out for a walk, like what, why can't you, what is wrong with that? Like, this isn't where, where it's being spread. And I mean, we know that just from the friggin' stats, we know that the spreading events is, are happening in long-term care facilities. We know they're not happening in, in restaurants. It's, it's like 
less than 3% of spreading events happens in restaurants. It's even less than that that happens in retail stores. Grocery stores have higher spreading events than restaurants or retail outlets. Yeah, and I really just get my hackles up when they uh, the arguing about about the the bars and restaurants. And I know we brought this up on the show before about this whole rule of you know how four strangers can sit at a table together at a bar with no masks on, and there's no problem with that. And it's like, okay, so if bars are the are the problem. And you know what? I'm even willing to say that perhaps nightclubs w- would be a problem if they've got the big dance floor and you've got the rave going on. Okay. Whole bunch of people together, congregated. Sure. I get that. But where's the goddamn consistency? That's what I want. I want consistency. Show me your bloody yeah. consistency so I can actually say, okay, this makes sense to me. Because right now, none of it makes sense to me. No, none of it. And I mean, and if you want to follow the science or follow the stats, then these lockdowns are completely contradictory to how this virus is actually being spread. Sure it is. And you know what the problem is with lockdowns is the governments have realized that all the power they get from locking people down and they love it. They love the power they get from being able to lock citizens down and being able to to dictate and they're not letting go of that Canada. They will not be letting go of that power anytime soon. Oh, Oh no, they're not. Like I just saw the results of a, of a, and this is, well, okay. This is the scary part. This is really scary. Is that I just saw the results of a poll done in the Okanagan. It's an Okanagan specific poll. And the Okanagan is very conservative. And 62% of respondents said they are in favor of a curfew if, if the cases get worse. Good Lord. Like, what? That's absolutely obsa- insane. Like, that's... I got nothing. Nothing. Like, that makes no sense to me. We're willing to give... The governments and politicians, that kind of control over us. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, please do it. Do it. Take my keys. Lock me in my house. I don't care. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And speaking of polls, and we'll wrap the show up with this one, and this actually goes to one of the predictions you had made in our year-end show. You sent me a post-millennial article today about Justin Trudeau and a possible election call. And when I read that article, I saw a poll that stated the Liberals have a seven-point lead on the Conservatives right now, and and mm-hmm. that there's possibly majority territory if Justin Trudeau does go for that spring election that you predicted. Yep, and I predicted that as well. You did too. That's right. It, it's it it just blows my mind. I don't know what is wrong with Canadians. I mean, what does this guy have to do? What does he have to do? Because he's done, he's done more crap, more uh, crimes, more scandals than I think probably 
most of the prime ministers combined. I mean, this guy is the poster child of crooked government. And he's he's going to get reelected and possibly with a majority. Yeah, it's insane. And I can't remember who the gentleman was I was listening to in an interview. And, uh, oh, Tom Mulcair. And he had said that, you know, back when Trudeau the Elder had a minority government, I believe it was 1972. And then in 1974, won a majority, he said, basically by hijacking NDP policies and and giving the NDP whatever they wanted and stole their voters in the subsequent election in 74. And I thought, like father, like son, because that's exactly what Sonny Boy is doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's funny because you bring up Tom Mulcair. Tom Mulcair is, a, is an NDP politician that I actually quite like now that he's out of politics. Agreed. He he's very uh, he's a lot more level headed and a lot more centric and a lot more common sense than he was when he was a NDP politician. And when he was the NDP leader, he, he when he was the NDP leader, he was quite radical. And um, but I don't see any of that in him now that he's out of politics, which really goes to tell me that. Because I've seen this before with left-wing politicians, like uh, the former BC NDP Premier Glenn Clark. I mean, he was he was a like a hard left NDP Premier, but he got out of politics, and now he's like a hardcore capitalist, and is like the he runs the Patterson Group for Jim Patterson. Oh, like he's like he's he's a he's a corporate guy now. Like, I, I see this in these NDP politicians when they retire and I go, like, how how much did they actually believe? And how much of it was just more opportunistic than than anything else? Good point. And actually, that's a good way to wrap up the show, because that sort of brings it around full circle to exactly what you were talking about before. We need to get people like that out of the political game and get people that actually have exactly. some integrity in yeah but so before we wrap it up i, I want to ask you do you do you think we will have a spring election i think without question we will yeah me too i mean and we and we did predict this uh before the end of well what was that i mean we we for i think we first predicted it back in the fall but we really did like we officially predicted it in our uh, year-end show uh, in December. Um, yeah. and I, and I believe, I believe we both even said that we believed that Justin Trudeau would win another term. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to take it one step further. I think the conservative party is actually going to suffer some losses when this election comes up, because I know that there's a lot of, at least here in the prairies, there is a lot of frustration and I can see a lot of votes that would have gone to the conservative party of Canada going either to the People's Party or the Maverick Party, which will, you know, will just split the vote. Maybe not enough that will lose the Conservatives a lot of seats, but it's certainly going to lose them uh, popular vote numbers. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. And I think that Canada, uh, Canada's conservative politics is, 
and conservative parties are are actually in really big trouble right now. And I think that the conservative voice in Canada is in really big trouble right now because I think that we are going to be under attack. I am worried and I am afraid that shows like ours are going to be deplatformed. And I, and especially if Trudeau wins a, a, a majority of, uh, government in his ne- in the next election, because I mean you're seeing it in the states. I mean the the uh, Joe, you know Biden is the president. The 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 Democrats have the uh, House of Representatives, and they got the Senate as well now. And uh, the only thing saving the the U.S. at the moment is the fact that their Supreme Court is majority conservative judges. But the legislative branches of government are, are fully Democrat now, and there's and, and and they're talking about some real radical changes. And I think you're going to see big tech uh, uh, appeasing them so that they won't get regulated, and they're just going to crack down on conservative voices and conservative shows. And unfortunately, those big tech companies host our show yeah and and other canadian shows like ours yeah you're absolutely right so um yeah i can't even argue with that one thing i will suggest canada and probably i guess that'd be a good time to go on this any of you who are interested in politics out there which probably is most of you listening if you get a chance read preston manning's latest book it's called do something and he talks about um a conservative realignment. And I think that's what we need in this country. Yeah. I, I, I I'm planning on reading that book. Um, and, uh, but I mean, just from what you just said, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think, I think we're, I think the conservative voice in Canada is in deep trouble. So are the conservative parties, but the thing is, is that they're not doing anything to help themselves. It's kind of deserved. Um, and the, uh, but what I don't understand is the support for the Liberal Party. I just don't get it. I can't understand it. And there's, there's just, it, it's, it, it just blows my mind how, how a, a prime minister as crooked and as, uh, uh, as smug as, as he is. Uh, continues to get the support that he does. It just blows my mind. Yep, that is true, Canada. From our lockdowns to our new Stockholm Syndrome, welcome to Canadistan. <laughs> yeah, Canadistan. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Canada. All right, my friend. Thank you for joining us again, Canada, and great talking with you, Lewis. So until next week, it's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis in BC.